In this episode, we cover several sensitive topics like police brutality and eating disorders. These are honest and important conversations that may be triggering for some listeners. Welcome to Cali Made Us Do It, a podcast on culture, social issues, and trends rocking our worlds through our three different lenses. With your hosts, Kristen Tony, Jody Moore Lewis, and Alexandra Tennant. excited because I'm like oh I mean I always slept in my room when I came home because it was my little sister was in here so I was just like oh move (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I was excited because I was like I get my room back and then I come and it's a new bed nope give me back my (laughs) room yes it's too much this week. I would, I would have been fine if like the, you know, the what's the name, Siobhan case would have ended and nothing would have happened. But then, but then two more people, yeah, down. more. So I'm just like, okay, well, like the lieutenant one. I just like it's so crazy to me. Cause like he did everything right. And that's exactly what the naysayers were saying. Well, respect the police and nothing will happen. And they would have killed his ass. <laughs> well, probably. People have died in who have complied in custody. Mm-hmm. Bunch of them. And also like, especially these kids. And it fucking breaks my heart. Like we see so many fucking old movies and and whatever. Like kids run from the police. They don't want to get in trouble. They're fucking kids. They're 13. They're 15. They're 16. They're 17. They're eight, whatever. And like we see them all. Like they run away. Like and it's fun in Hollywood. They don't get shot. But in real life it's like they're a fucking teenager. They don't want to get caught. That's like the the end of it. That was exactly what I saw with the Adam case. It was a little kid. It was a little kid that was like, "Oh no, I don't want to get caught." But they all are. I mean, Jody, I'm sure you can think about. I know. I grew up in a white neighborhood, and white the white kids did the same shit. They were throwing shit at buildings, like breaking glass. Even my husband Daniel was like, "Yeah, we used to just go and like break." shit in like abandoned houses like doing boy stuff that little teenage boys do and that's what I have a huge problem with is when white people go oh well they shouldn't have been they shouldn't have stole the candy bar they shouldn't have been playing in the back alley they shouldn't have been blah 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 little boy it don't matter what color you are boys not boys will be boys but like those are things that teenage boys get into I've seen it in all different kinds of neighborhoods, but black ones die and white ones are told that don't do the thing. Like period. It, the yeah. the white ones do... are told boys will be boys. Right. Mm-hmm. It, cho- children are going to do what children are going to do. Like period. And this go, this, it, it crosses, um, different class levels i mean i've seen wealthy kids do it i've seen poor kids do it like the the point is is the outcome and the consequences are much higher for black kids than they are for the white ones like period not not nothing that has happened or 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 anything that these people or these kids doing are doing has not been done by a white person or several white people all the time counterfeit bills um even you know getting in a fight with someone brandishing a weapon still not not an excuse to kill someone like the the price shouldn't be your life you're gonna have to pay a price and you're gonna have to suffer consequences for your actions but it shouldn't be your life yeah it's just and the reporting is so like you're so irresponsible irresponsible. stop calling these children young women and young men when they're 13 and 15 years old and you 
and somebody gets caught, a white boy gets caught at 17 or 19 raping a girl behind a trash can. And you're like, he's so young and he has the rest of his life to look, look for. Like, you're fucking, you guys are fucking feeding into this bullshit. It's stupid. They're not, they're not young women. They're not young men, especially not a 13 year old. They're children. They, that is what they are. They are young children. Yeah, they're teenagers, teenagers at best. At best. Yeah, but definitely at 13, you're in junior high. You're in middle school. You're a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I read in Ijeoma Aluo's book, So You Want to Talk About Race, she talked a lot about how especially Black women get um, – people talk to them like that group, like they're older, like they're just always viewed like older and it's skewed that way and how that, like how incorrect and how wrong that is and how confusing that is to be a teenager or a kid as a black kid, black. Um, and I said black women, I was just saying in, as like a group, but. I mean, for sure. I definitely agree with that a hundred percent. I was looked at as, I mean, more so in the over-sexualized kind of way, but, um, which is weird, like over, like at, from men of all different races, like I was looked at as, well, I don't know. Cause I was, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, but for the most part, I was looked at as a, like treated as a woman from the age of like, I was as young as like 11. Um, and then when I get into these, like, professional environments when I become like a manager at the age of 28 now I'm looked at as like a child like can I speak to your manager I, I am one I am your manager so it's so weird that we pick and choose when you know when to view black women as adults and when to pick and choose and how to view them as ch children like I was too young to be a manager and I get it. I like for some people I do look young, but I've had way younger managers than 28. It's just, it's mm -hmm. wild. Yeah. It's a wild, wild economy that I don't understand. Like pick one. I have a hot topic I sent you guys. <laughs> yes. Before the the recording of this. Um, so obviously a lot has been going on this week. And uh, I've, I've tried to be pretty good actually about staying off of Twitter. I just, you know, this podcast is a really great outlet for me to kind of express my feelings. So I'm not, you know, uh, contributing to the negativity that is the Twitter sphere. <laughs> um, but I did stumble across a story that you guys now have both heard about uh, over the weekend. Miss Demi Lovato. Have you guys heard about uh, Demi Lovato and Yogurt Shop Gate 2021? <laughs> Always a gate. Yeah. Uh, well, I did look at some of what you sent so but maybe spell it out just in case someone hasn't heard <laughs> the the story goes that uh at least demi's side of the story uh, she visited a frozen yogurt shop here in los angeles like a mom and pop um she started posting on instagram that she was very triggered by the messaging on some of the products in the yogurt shop. And the specific messaging was, and I don't know the brand of the food, but the messaging on the package was guilt-free cookies, guilt-free candy bars, guilt-free food products. Um, and she started to post about that this was triggering for her because she has an eating disorder um, that she's dealing with. And that, that the messaging that, that you should feel guilty for eating these specific foods is negative and that the store needed to change the messaging on their products because it made her so upset that she couldn't get the yogurt and also claimed in her apology video that she had trouble the rest of the weekend because of it. So I just wanted to see what you guys thought. I have, have a pretty strong, uh, 
feedback for her, <laughs> but wanted to see what you guys thought of the situation. I, well, for one, in the midst of everything else that's going on, that's what you couldn't sleep. That's what upset you for the whole weekend. That's one. Um, in comparison, and I get it. Everybody's own trauma is their own. You know, your body keeps your score. So everybody else in the world, like, you know, like, who cares? You know, kind of. And I get it. After I watched her apology, I get what she's saying. Uh, it's her and a bunch of other, a lot of people suffer from body dysmorphia and eating disorders. And um, I, I, I don't think that her heart was in the wrong place. I just think that this goes back to like cancel culture and like being responsible about, well, so in the apology, video there was uh i guess she was commenting on everybody who was saying well i think that that was meant for people with specific diseases diabetes and celiac or whatever and she kind of said like well that's not how i perceived it and you know uh i did if it had said like celiac and diabetes or whatever then i probably would have felt a different way but I think it's just important to remember that like your perception is not the only perception around and your problem isn't the only problem to exist. Other people have issues. Other people may not want that. I don't know. I just, I, I feel like, like think about it a little bit more before we, especially when it comes to small businesses like think about it a little bit more before you with so much you have way more power than them speak on something that you don't know about and now you have to do a whole apology tour about it it does suck that it comes at the expense of small businesses it always seems like it's easier to go after the mom and pop than it is like the real issue which i actually saw jamila jamil had spoke out about it and basically was saying you know kind of what you were saying, Kristen, about everyone has their different traumas and we're all triggered very differently, but it's really rooted in diet culture and that we accept things to say guilt-free and sugar-free and um, this is our cheat day and all of that. And we accept all that and we don't realize the psychology behind that is really damaging, especially as women, because in our minds, we associate certain foods or certain ways of living with guilt or with shame or with uh you know with those triggers and if we're working through it like I, like you said i think her heart was in the right place but at the expense of what and especially like the responsibility of what like she has a ton of followers so there is some response like needing to take responsibility for for calling out something that wasn't necessarily, I don't know, who's to say that? I mean, I don't know what it's like to have an eating disorder. And I know that it's a huge issue in this country and it's fed by mainstream media very slyly and easily and sometimes blaringly. But you do put it up against things like police brutality this week and that she is a white woman and you're like, well, you can, <laughs> this isn't something to go up in arms about. At the moment. At the moment. At yeah. yeah. So it, it's very much like, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer. I think it is very complex and complicated. Um, I think definitely, I mean, in hindsight, she should have went about it a completely different way and called out the bigger issues and not the poor yogurt shop. I mean, have they, have they, I don't know if I've read if they come back and said anything, but I know Alex, you're probably stewing. You're like, you have a strong opinion, a strong, hot take. <laughs> I do. I, Demi Lovato triggered me. Like I, <laughs> 
I want to preface what I'm saying by saying that I do also have an eating disorder. I have a diagnosed eating disorder and was in a program for it and something that I've struggled with my entire life. And I still do because I don't believe that it's like any addiction. I don't think it's anything that you ever completely conquer. So there's that. I personally was very deeply offended by the fact that in her apology video, she did claim that she felt unsafe in the yogurt shop, uh, very much considering what is going on in the world right now. And I am unsafe to walk outside of my front door. That's deeply offensive to me. The yogurt shop is not a direct threat to her person or her, her body. Now, the foods that she eat might, or it might make her a harm to herself, but the actual people of the yogurt shop, the actual yogurt and these products that had labels on them were not a threat to her person at all. I acknowledge her being triggered. I get triggered often. I get triggered every time I go to a grocery store, every time I pass by a fast food place because I have an issue with food. Now, does every fast food place need to close down because it reminds me of binging and purging in my car? Like it just, <laughs> it's it, it felt like a huge cry for attention. And also, you know, Demi Lovato is a singer and an actor. I, she is not a person that is qualified to tell people what should and shouldn't trigger other people. I think there's a lot of ways that if she, if she did really, really feel this way to have walked, walked away from the situation and found real solid tools and resources from medical professionals to help her followers um, or to share with her followers who might also feel uncomfortable in a space like that. I feel like there's a different way that she could have gone about it and said like, hey, I have an eating disorder. I decided to get go get yogurt this weekend. That was really, really hard for me. Here are some resources that I use when I'm going out into the world and I'm having to function with this kind of addiction. And then given resources from actual professionals, <laughs> you know, like not, not just your personal, like that made me feel some kind of way because I had an issue with a guilt-free cookie once. I just, I, I was, <laughs> I was really, really disturbed by the entire thing. I'm, I'm disturbed by, you know, we just had an episode on, on cancel culture and, you know, it was interesting. I think a lot of the comments I saw shared my point of view. There were some, I was surprised that people were like, yeah, you know, they got to get rid of that. I mean, what, what does the world look like when everybody's triggered by everything? I just, I don't, yes, businesses, the media particularly needs to take responsibility in how they frame things. Um, I know a lot of companies are making a lot of changes in their marketing materials showing, you know, you go into Target in the swimsuit section, there's girls of all kinds of sizes now. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I wish that I had that when I was little, but there are always going to be things in your life that make you uncomfortable with a part of yourself. And if you have a kind of addiction, it's something that you battle forever. Like Kristen said, not everybody has your problem. Not everyone has my problem. I can't tell my husband or, you know, my roommates to not keep something in the house because I have a problem with it. I can't go to a restaurant and walk past the bar if I'm an alcoholic and say, put everything away, get rid of your bar. I'm triggered by the bar because I have a problem with alcohol. If you want to create change on a on a much bigger level, go to Congress, you know, talk about go talk to them about labeling, talk to them about packaging, not the the mom and pop ice cream shop. You know what I mean? Like it just it, it's it's this my way or a highway kind of point of view. And I just like I, I take real issue with it. Thank and you. Yeah, thanks for like sharing that. You, that was very open and vulnerable. That was great. Um, I also think like her suggestion of like, if it said diabetes and celiac, like that's silly, come on. And that could be personal for people. Like they don't want to order like the, can I get the diabetic vanilla scoop? Like, <laughs> so I, they might know. <laughs> I made that, I made the same point, right? Which is like, I don't necessarily want to expose my health problems you know, like, why do I have to disclose my medical information mm -hmm. or feel uncomfortable? <laughs> Can I have the yogurt that doesn't give me gas? Thank you. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> ma'am, like, please. Honestly, like, I, I get it. The, in this world, and like Alex said, there's gonna be things that, everything liter it literally is a trigger to some people. This computer could be a trigger to me because I am addicted to the internet. I get there's a huge, huge problem with body image, with fad diets. There's a huge, huge problem. But I don't think that the problem is in labeling certain things to market towards people who have to be on a specific diet. You choosing to be on a diet because you want to be a size zero is different from somebody who has diabetes and has to change their diet. It, regardless, like regardless for them, their guilt is life is life or death. So this, you can enjoy this treat without dying. You, on the other hand, it's something you can't control either. That's something that society, your parents, I was just listening to a po podcast earlier. I'm gonna drop it in the hot give, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like about like body dysmorphia and what's happening to us, it's, it is outside sources, you know what I'm saying? But I don't necessarily think it's the guilt-free thing that some people need to know it's guilt-free for their health. I, I, I think it's what we're consuming. I think it's the people that are telling you you're fat when you like gain 10 pounds. I think it's everyone's skewed perception of what beautiful beautiful is i think that it's the you know it's the plastic surgery industry i think it's the it's the modeling industry i think which all are coming up like alex said like there are more like rihanna and fenty like she's starting to put everybody all different sizes and shapes and people on her runway in bathing suits so that people can see that there is beauty in all types of body bodies and you know i think i don't think she went after the right people if that makes sense it's like yeah it's like you like it was a fuse that was being of her own that was mm -hmm. happening all week and i'm making this is an assumption but something that happened all week and this was the last straw and it was the wrong one i get it all the time yeah. working in the in the hospitality industry i i'm the last person they see after a bad fucking day and now that everything's wrong and everything sucks and like there's nothing they can do we can do to make them happy and like i don't know if you guys read the response but the first response that she gave back after they said we're sorry that wasn't our attention you know it's just for people with like celiacs and diabetes and things like that it wasn't meant to trigger you her response was well your service sucked uh the play the whole establishment it just gave me bad vibes like it was just like a rant and we get mm -hmm. that all the time in the service industry and it nine times out of ten it has something to do with her very bad day what you put so eloquently alex that i was trying to say was because the addiction versus like the harm for your person being born into a race and an ethnicity. And that was like the correlation or, or the non-correlation, the differences I was trying to make. Uh, but kind of adding on to what you were saying, Kristen, was I actually re-listened to uh, Michaela Cole because I needed, I needed some inspiration today uh, on Louis Thoreau's podcast. And she talks about the instance when um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen I May Destroy You, uh, please, where have you been? <laughs> but you can fast forward 30 seconds or whatever. But she talks about when Kwame, who is uh, Arabella's best friend, he went through a basically a rape himself. And then he ended up sleeping with a white woman and afterwards telling her he was gay. And then she later on calls him a predator because I guess it sits with her and she didn't like that. She didn't know that about him. And Michaela Cole was trying to discuss how it's so, and even Arabella's character is like, yeah, that's fucked up. You should have told him, but like, there's so much trauma built up in both of those characters, the white woman who I don't remember her name and Kwame's character that she almost forced him into it in a way and she kind of wanted it but then she felt violated not really knowing this person 
but it was probably not even him that necessarily was that trigger to full on call him a predator. It probably was everything else that has been happening to women and and in her own personal life and in the news and all of that. And this is her one chance to like feel like that control of that trigger and calling him out on that. But it reminded me of like what you were saying, like these traumas in us, these triggers in us, whatever you want to call it, our demons or whatever, they pile up and we do almost, and it's called like the snap, right? Like we snap and it's almost uncontrollable. And maybe that was her instance. We're not saying it's okay. It, that's why it's coming off distasteful and very triggering for others. I guess it's like our way of understanding what she's saying and where mm -hmm. she's coming from. But how do we, how do we go about that as humans? Like when our impulses, especially when we have our Instagram live on our phones and we feel so called to say something, do we just not? I mean, we all like in hindsight, there was so many other ways she could have went about it to actually make a change. But like, how do we? Well, I, for one, uh, one of my issues is my, pa like, I get passionate. So when I do get passionate about something, sometimes I can't think clearly and I can't look at all sides and I can't look at everyone's perception. Um, so one of the things, and I'm not saying like everybody has this problem and like, this is Demi's problem. But what I've learned is that when I go and sit with it and I, and I comb over my feelings towards it and what and what that person's perception may be or what could be happening. Um, it's a lot easier for me to explain myself and it's better for me to come and say my point of view, rather than when I'm in the heat of the moment and I'm mad and I'm Twitter feuding or I'm, you know, like in an argument or whatever. It doesn't come out the way that it's supposed to anyway. So I think that a lot of that, and I'm, I'm not a therapist or anything like that, but like sometimes passionate people, like they don't come from an ill place, but like you gotta sit and understand what you're, what's, what's going on. Like, what is your trigger? And is that the reason you're going off? Mm -hmm. I think that there should be, there's a very important distinction that needs to be made between being passionate and being vocal because I'm a very passionate person as well. I don't express it in the same way that other people do. Being passionate and like Kristen, you said, expressing it with tact is different. Being you know, vocal about, I am passionate about the sun. Like I don't scream about the sun all day. You know, I'm, <laughs> I am, I'm passionate about, cause I have had an eating disorder. I'm passionate about, you know, black people dying in the street. I don't, I don't vocalize it and express it to every single person I see all the time on online and on Twitter and on all of these things. So she can be passionate about a cause, but the way in which that that is expressed, um, I think does need, it, there, there needs to be a distinction in between the two because other people care just as much. They just express it in a different way. I guess what I meant is vocally passionate because yeah. there is a difference. Like yeah. regardless, it is, it is a double, it's a double thing. Cause you can be vocal and not passionate about it and you sure. can make clear sense of it. So vocally and vocal and passionate together. I, I, I just, I wonder like where that line between like self-responsibility and the rest of the world like where is that definition because at, at some point like we have to take responsibility for ourselves again like you just can't i you go so many places and interact with so many people and every single thing that that you don't like or makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable moves or touches something inside of you the rest of the world needs to move in accordance to that like i just <laughs> you know, at some point it's like my disorder, my addiction is my own. When I know that I go to places that are really hard for me, that is my 
my own battle. That is, I'm aware that the media does things. I'm aware that, you know, labels have things on them or brands show models that don't look like me. So then where does my responsibility come in and say, you know what, despite all of this, despite what the rest of the world says or thinks or does, like I find worth in, in myself and I am responsible for the choices that I make. Things are changing and we can all change them together but it's like, there will be something else. There's always going to be something. So like, when do you just say like, I'm not going to put myself through that. And that's my issue. Not everybody else's. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like Chris and I think, think Michaela and and Michaela Cole's words, I think she was saying like, we don't like discomfort, which is why we do react instead of sit in the discomfort to respond. And that is 10 that is when you tend to like get a little more clear and articulate in what you want to say. But I also like what you're saying, Alex, which I think is kind of like, that's your responsibility is to sit with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Instead of just like make it all about you. And that's because it's never like diminishing what you're going through. It's never diminishing your addictions, your traumas, but it is not giving anyone else that power. Right. Because it's almost like when you are reacting, you're giving that power over. And we're not really taught taught those tools. Um, And you seem, I'm sure it's not as easy. You seem so self-aware and it's really inspiring to hear you talk, by the way, Alex. So thank you for being so honest and yeah, it's a hard thing. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, she was triggered by it and I get it again. I am triggered every single time I open the fridge or open the cabinet because there's things in there that my mind says you shouldn't eat. This is bad for you. I mean, I feel you every time a fork goes to my mouth, this is something that you live with every single day. But you know, I'm like, if that were me and I saw that and it made me feel like Kristen said, I would go home and be like, why did that thing make me feel that way and like what inside of me needs healing so that I can have a great experience in a ice cream store you know what I mean instead of like everybody needs to change everything so that I feel more comfortable because everyone isn't always going to change everyone isn't always going to accommodate my needs or my feelings or whatever like and and again the the saying that you feel unsafe you know, it's like, give me a break. Give me a freaking break. There was no threat on your life in the frozen yogurt shop. And this all happened like right after, like right after we found out the 13, uh, the 15 year old got shot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice timing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that, I think what, we need to focus on is how to get through to the children to the young girls to the to the young youngins because they're going to need to know you know the imagery that they're seeing right now is just insane and like even the people like i grew up around people with bodies that these people are building and even the little black girls who have those kind of curves already, they can't see it and they're they're doing it. And it's just, at, at some point it does become a crisis, just like the homeless situation. Yeah, when there's a few of them and there's there's a little bit like, yeah, okay, like we, we need to help these people, but we don't wanna get it to a point where it's skid row for for young women where they can't feel comfortable in their own bodies and their last resort is to go into a back alley and fill their butts with fucking plastic or whatever the fuck is in the back alley because somebody said they'll charge them 70 bucks to do it i totally i get where she's coming from and i get what she's saying um, she didn't have the support she needed growing up and, or whatever the case may be, like the knowledge of the fat diets and, you know, like what they, the harm that they can cause or anything or the harm that watching TV, just as little as watching TV, I was not diagnosed with a eating disorder, but you know, every time I pick up something too, I do, I also think about it and I think about every single time I like I when I lay down at night I'm like what did I eat today 
am I going to wake up on a scale and the scale is going to be two, three pounds heavier the next day? Like, I just think that it's, it is, I do think that the problem is a crisis and that's, that's fair for her to bring it up. I just don't think at the expense of the small, the small shop, uh, which probably did not package that probably they just ordered something and was like, Hey, can, can we get this? You know, like, I, I don't know. Cause what I saw was like little muffins or something that said guilt-free on it or something. Yeah. I, it starts, it's got to start with the empowerment with the, yeah, with the kids and mm-hmm. that everybody is valued and everybody is worth mm-hmm. it. And everybody is beautiful in its own, in its own way, because no matter what size you are, unfortunately, especially as a woman, you feel some sort of not enoughness and some sort of comparison. Yeah. Something's always wrong and something always can be fixed by paying the money and buying the creams mm-hmm. and getting the, your grays covered and going to exercise or eating the guilt-free muffin. Yeah. And that's why people need actual tangible tools Mm -hmm. to deal with. Like I was so lucky to have access to, I was in college at the time, my school had a program, an eating disorder program. So I was working with three doctors and I had access to tools that I could use, not getting on Twitter or Instagram, being mad at someone, but actual tools to help me, to help me with my issues, to help me. So I don't self-harm with my eating disorder and I'm not purging and I'm not doing other things to harm myself, um, to heal from it and be able to live a fulfilling life. You know, most people don't have access to that. And that's, that's where the focus needs to be. Like, let's give, let's give girls actual tools, like, you know, cause getting on Instagram and, and, photoshopping a picture or looking at other Photoshop pictures, that's not a tool you know, yelling at other people isn't a tool. Like, let's give people, this is what I mean when I say like, she, like, let's give actual resources from professionals to your followers so that they can be with you so that they can Mm -hmm. heal with you. She has access to doctors. She has access to nutritionists and, uh, people to help her work out. Like that's, you know, that wasn't ever brought up like, Oh, I had a really hard weekend. So I called my therapist. Well, most people, when they have a really hard weekend with food, you know, they're crying somewhere in a dark corner with a cheeseburger and then throwing it up. Like (laughs) I'm saying, you know, I'm saying all this from experience, like let's give, give people, you know, real life tool. And it's, it's like shifting the like blame, 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 stop doing this, stop doing this to like, okay, how can we all help each other? How can we all as women come together and like figure out a way to not live like this? Like the, the media and the, the social media stuff, it does need to change, but like, how do we help ourselves now in the moment when we're, going to the bathroom after dinner to throw up or we drive by a place that we had a really hard time with for the food there like how do we help people right now Mm -hmm. i just feel like before i say something with a strong view i usually test it out on people around me you know what i'm saying like (laughs) (laughs) yeah a focus group kind of thing like like, alex like i've had i've had like you know suspect thoughts where i'm like okay and i'll be like alex this is gonna sound Uh a little crazy but hear me out i really think there's aliens like on mars and she'll be like okay you know, like, hey, you know, people <laughs> around you will, you can gauge, like, look at their responses. You can get, even if they're not honest, they're going to give you some kind of look that's going to be like, either like this or be like, yeah, I thought the same thing. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's not responding, move on to another person, try them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, this is just my advice to like celebrities. Like, if you <laughs> are trying not to get canceled. Well, couldn't she have even just like brought it up to, the business itself before going public too couldn't she at least been like hey like why like maybe after she collected herself if she really was that overwhelmed and emotional maybe writing them a letter or reaching out and be like hey like is there a reason you use this terminology this marketing for your muffins or your yogurt because you know 
I have struggled with depression and an eating disorder, and it really didn't feel empowering for me to eat at your place. And I'd love to support you because you're a small business, but I don't know if you know, like I might not be the first person who feels that way. And then seeing how they respond before you just like trigger everybody because other, like you said, Alex, other people, you had an eating disorder. I'm sure you're not the only one with an eating disorder that was triggered by this or black people who literally are dying at the end as you're speaking are triggered by this or just like other small businesses who are just trying to figure it out or people with like you know, like like diabetes or other underlying diseases that were triggered by this like it wasn't or even or even just you know the, again it's all in the present like the way that you present the story like hey this you know this weekend i went into the shop i was triggered by this ice cream shop give it to their audience. What do you guys do when you go into a place? And for whatever reason, it just feels really hard to get ice cream or it feels hard to go to the cupcake shop or to go to the pizza store. Like I had this experience. This is, a, you know, not naming the place. Just, I went in this thing. It, it happened to be a really, really hard time for me. Has anyone else experienced this? What do you do? Or maybe afterwards I meditated. She mentioned that in her video, like, like afterwards I meditated and that helped me. So if any, if you guys are dealing with an eating disorder and you have the same experience, this is what I did that helped me period. Here's a, a resource. Like, you know what I mean? There's so many different, like in this, the storytelling sense, instead of this, like attack, attack, attack. I will, um, leave a cliffhanger because I know we're going to follow up cancel culture with redemption culture. And I know all of our 74 followers on Instagram are, are dying to hear our next episode, but Amanda seals went on in her cancel culture podcast had mentioned that we don't do that enough. What you just said, Alex, we ridicule, we cancel, we don't give solutions. We don't give solutions to help. And also that person needs to take that in if we are like if she were to talk to big chill about it they need to really listen and you know maybe she's just not their customer and that's fine too right that's what you're trying to say we don't have to be everyone's customer we can't shop everywhere i i think it's a great like jody you made a good point earlier when you said like why didn't she just ask like hey is there a certain reason why you use this term and i think that's a great way not to assume things you know like or to get clarification before mm -hmm. we cancel big chill <laughs> you know yeah. like you know and i yeah i i totally agree with both of you like it's just is you you can't we can't cater to every trigger and there are going to be problems for the rest of eternity because people are let's let's just face it we're all just weird we're all different we all have different triggers we all like no one's the same so somebody's gonna be somebody's gonna always be triggered by something. somebody people are still triggered by me just because i'm black like i'm not, like i don't yeah. Yeah. What am I sure. What am I supposed, sure. to do? I'm supposed to put on a white sheet? I don't, I don't, I can't help you there. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like I will give it to her. She could have went the easy route like Selena Gomez and said, I was in, you know, I was in rehab for exhaustion or something like that. And like nobody ever hounded her. <laughs> about the stuff so kudos to her for you know being open and honest but like yeah and at least it's like you know i don't think she's quote unquote canceled in vain of our last episode but i think at least it's it's has brought about an important conversation about just self-awareness or um how we need to empathize and try to like put ourselves in, the, even if we're triggered, like understand maybe like there might be a better way to go about this. And also the whole, I mean, it's just hard. She's a white woman and it just, it's, it's really hard not to think like you're just trying to also put yourself, insert yourself in a conversation like, woe is me. I have a problem too. So you can feel bad about me too. And I don't think that's what she's trying to do but that's how it comes off. It's just how it, I mean, 
And unfortunately, that is the climate we're in right now. And we need we need to heal that or no one can heal. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah, because I don't care shit about your guilty free nothing <laughs> if I can't walk outside my house. I'm just sorry. I don't yeah. like and this is yeah. coming from somebody with I also have like, w- w- as I mentioned, body image issues like I don't like I'm sorry. I just don't care right now. I can't fight that fight right now. But like, kudos to you for being able to like sleep at night and like that is the one thing that's bothering you this week i'm so happy for you super happy and i'm gonna put um so i can walk the talk in the show notes a couple resources uh, if you or someone you know is struggling with an eating disorder, um, you can find resources hey. in our show notes. Love it. Below. Thanks great, for bringing it up. Episode. That was great. <laughs> yeah, great we episode. just like flew. We're getting better at this. So um, we want to do um, hot, hot gifts. gifts. Kristen, you said you had one. Oh, yeah. I actually okay. ironically have one that can go with this episode. Mine kind of goes with it too. Oh, well, you you go first. Okay, so my hot give for this week, it's not going to be a TV show or movie. You guys should be proud of me because that's all I do. <laughs> um, but I started listening to this podcast a long time ago. My sister actually sent it to me. It's really, really good. It's um, Therapy for Black Girls. Anyone can listen, like it does focus on some of the issues that black women uh, have from like being young and growing up, which I wish was around when I was younger. Like the latest was body image and about like what's going on with the imagery that we're seeing and how it's affecting young women psychologically from a doctor. Her name is, her name uh, is, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, we almost got Kristen uh, singing there. I know, almost. Okay, so the, um, her, the doctor, her name is Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, and she's a licensed uh, psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and she often brings on guests. Um, she has many, many, many different topics, uh, all the way from um, abuse from intimate relationships, which is very prominent in the Black community, and is worked out differently to, you know, like, uh, discussing, uh, insecure and the relationships and what kind of relationships they are. So it's really cool. I think you should check it out. I, I listen to it on Apple podcasts. So when you're not listening to us, go ahead. If you're a, bl- a black girl, it's not a, it is not a substitute for therapy by any means, but it does give you an insight from a psychologist, uh, about some of the issues that we face. And when I listen to it, a lot of the times I do hear it and I say like, oh, anyone can listen to it. But sometimes it does go a little further into how it affects the black community. Awesome. I love that. I'm definitely going to listen. I mean, how many times have there been so many books and podcasts and movies and films for the white experience? Like we can definitely all listen and and, and it helps us understand more how like connected uh-huh. we really all are follow a uh, uh, therapy for black girls on Instagram um, do you it's the same people I'll have to look um, I don't do know the, the Instagram know. account also but yeah that's an incredible resource and um, there's so many good resources out there and that's totally what I was talking about earlier which is like come on like let's share like you know some tools and and like you said it's not a substitute and everything won't work for everybody but i'm sure there's an episode or something in each episode that you know we can all connect with or see ourselves in and there's like these really brilliant people brilliant women and all different kinds of people um that are sharing just sharing their experiences with not not attacking not making judgments just sharing the sharing of experience i think is really special and really really important it's awesome i'm gonna listen to it 
So my hot give, I mean, you might have already heard of it because it's a brand, but I, and I've been following them for a while and I finally got my first sports bra and I love it. But, uh, girlfriend collective is a, and, and it's, I, I thought about it cause it's earth day today. Um, so girlfriend, have y'all heard of girlfriend collective or girlfriend? No, I haven't. So it, no, no. It's an active wear brand and you would love their Instagram and their marketing because they're so inclusive with bodies and, and everybody. It's just, it's so beautiful just to see all these different like women wearing this beautiful workout clothing. And that was one reason I've also loved them, but they're also super, super eco-friendly. So they make uh, their products from like recycled water bottles or recycled fabrics uh every and they also have a closed loop cycle i keep saying cycle or i guess recycle cycle so they have a close the loop thing they do too so they'll take back like if you wear out your girlfriend collective clothes they will take it back for you so they can re uh, make it into new clothing and then they'll give you like a 15 dollars credit for recycling through them and it's pretty accessible. I don't think it's insanely priced like Lululemon or those other ones. I think all of them are, it's all below a hundred dollars, but yeah, it's eco-friendly and they're for every body, every human body. And, uh, it's great for the environment. And I just wanted to give them a shout out because I really like their branding and what they're doing and how they're trying to change the fashion industry. That's really cool. Super dope. Yes very into sustainable living right now. So that is awesome. I love that. And the fashion industry is one of the biggest offenders. Oh my gosh. It's a whole other episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, they have a, a good on you. I don't know if y'all have heard of that website, but they rate different brands and uh, girlfriend collective is great. And they, and they do it from how they help the planets, how they help animals and how they help people. Cause I think sometimes we forget that when people make our clothes, that can kind of get, we forget about that, yep. that mm -hmm. who's making our clothes might not be making a lot of money for that $5 shirt. So they rated on all of those. It's a great hot give on earth day. It's going to be a little bit later than earth day, but like it's still earth month. It's earth month. It earth yeah. Month. Mother earth month. Earth should have a year, so we should be. My friend is so stupid. He was like, he was like, uh, "Happy Earth Day to all the girls posting from uh, with the wings from the uh, from the airplane." <laughs> oh man, I'll be on an airplane soon too. I won't post though. No, is no, but he's strictly talking about like how you're saying Happy Earth Day and like you're on a like you're you're on. A you're on a jet plane yeah <laughs> on a pollution tank yeah there, there goes the ozone layer and i saw like five of them today thank you for listening to cali made us do it if you liked our episode please like and subscribe it will help us in the charts you can follow us on Instagram at Callie Made Us Do It. We'd also like to thank RoboPop for our theme music. Callie Made Us Do It is edited and produced in-house by the three of us, Alex, Kristen, and Jody. See you next week with our next episode. <laughs>